is war in the spirit. Your God-given, God-guided resource for all things truth and all things kingdom based on the word of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Stay tuned for this week's spiritual truth. Hey, spiritual warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green, back for a brand new episode of War in the Spirit. And I'm excited to bring you this episode today. It literally dropped on my spirit this morning at like four o'clock. And God was like, get up, write this down. Um, So I think it's something that we all need to hear in order to understand how to co-labor with what God is doing or what God desires to do in our lives. So you are tuned in for season number eight, episode number three, entitled Power Surge. Do you need an infusion of power into your life? Well, then change the way you pray. You know, it's funny because... uh, when God was giving me this, what was happening this morning was um, something, it just hit my spirit and God prompted me to say something. You know, oftentimes things are happening in the spirit before they happen in the natural and the Holy Spirit will prompt us to say something so that we can co-labor in the natural with what's happening in the spirit. And so God was prompting me to pray something specific Because there was something that he wanted to do in my life and he was priming things in the spirit so that they could manifest in the natural and he needed me to say something. You see, when you pray, you need the backing of the power of God behind your prayers in order for them to go anywhere or do anything for you. You see, we often think that, you know, we can just pray and say random words and whatever we say is going to manifest. But that's not how it works. See, the Bible gives us information, blueprints and guidelines for how to pray for a reason. And, you know, I really hate to hear people talking about manifesting things in their lives as if (laughs) they have the power to manifest anything. I mean, let's be clear. We do not have the power to manifest anything. You know who does have the power? God. God has the power. All this law of attraction nonsense, it means nothing. Without God, you ain't attracting nothing but trouble and misalignment. I don't care how good it seems. It ain't. God. He is not bringing anything into your life that he is not getting the glory for. So maybe you need to reevaluate your perceptions about manifestation and ask yourself if the things in your life that you deem successful or blessings, is God getting the glory from it? And furthermore, would he even want the glory from what you're building? Like, Would God associate himself with what you're doing or would he unfriend or unfollow you? 
Are you like that one friend that gets on social media and says too much or does too much and, and expresses all their opinions or airs all their dirty laundry? Are you that one friend that you look at and go, mm, they doing a little bit too much. I don't want to be associated with this. So you unfriend or unfollow them. Are you that friend to God? Would he give you a job referral based on what you've been manifesting? Would he associate himself with you based on what you've been doing in your life? If the answer is no, then you need to surrender it and shift so that he can take you in the direction of his manifestation for your life, not yours. Everything that's good ain't God. Some of it is a device of the enemy to keep you out of position. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. See, because when you commit them to him, he begins to do a work in you so that your plans align with his plans. They become one in the same when your heart is postured in the right place and you have submitted to truly living your whole life for him. Not just the parts that you're comfortable with, but all of your life. See, we don't know how to pray. Too many of us think that prayer is just saying a bunch of words and telling God, you know, what we want or asking him for something or just saying thank you. But prayer is simply a conversation with God. And all too often, we allow it to be one a one-way conversation, which is not a conversation at all. We allow it to be a one-way communication, meaning we're talking to God, but we're not listening. We're, we're talking to God and we're telling him what he what we want, but we're not listening to his response to what we're saying. Or if we're not receiving a response at all, then we need to go back and reevaluate why that is. We just pray and expect God to show up and be our genie because we made a wish, but we didn't seek him for his will. We didn't seek him for understanding. We didn't wait for an answer or a response. See, we need to change the way that we pray so that God can get behind our prayers with his power. But first, we have to change the way that we behave and govern ourselves. And it brings me to Acts chapter one, verses seven and eight. And it says, but he said to them, it is not for you to know periods of time or appointed times which the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in jerusalem and in judea and in all the remotest parts of the earth you see you'll receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and the Holy Spirit can't come upon you until you get yourself clean, until you're governing yourself correctly, until you restore the proper order to your life. See, he wants to put his power behind you so that you can become witness. See, that's also why he needs to be able to associate himself with you. He, he needs to be able to get the glory from your story. But if you ain't living right, if you out here trying to manifest the wrong things and you have the wrong motives for why you're praying for a thing, the power can't get behind you. See, because when the power shows up, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you can ever ask or think according to the power. Ephesians 
3, 20 and 21 says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. There's so much packed into that. See, we all want exceedingly abundantly beyond we all we ask and think. But it also says, according to the power that works, not around you, within you. The power has to be first working within you before it can work around you on your circumstances, before it can get behind your prayers. It has to be working within you. You see, it also says to him be the glory. See, he has to be able to get the glory from your story. You know why it says now unto him who is able. It doesn't say unto him who will do far more abundantly. It says who is able to do. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, but there's a but, there's a contingency according to the power. That's why it just says he's able and not he will do. It's not a freebie. That means the power has to be working within you in order to receive exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you could ever ask or think. See, he needs to be able to get behind you, but he can only get behind you if his power is working within you. James 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it's brought about, can accomplish much. That's why prayers of the righteous accomplish or availeth much, because in order to be righteous, the power has to be working within you. Then the power can work for you in that order. See, we don't even know what to say and thus our prayers often go unanswered. The prayers of the righteous availeth much because the truly righteous are connected and the spirit of God tells them how to pray. He advises them on what to say. It's just like someone in the command center with a satellite vision who can see all advising you on how to navigate the field. The Holy Spirit will advise you on what to say so that things can be produced and manifested in your life. Just like I told you this morning, something dropped in my spirit and God was prompting me to say something specific because the spirit knows better than we do what needs to be said in order for something to be produced in our life. Because God can see all and hear all. He knows all. We have a very limited perspective on our lives. So we need the spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Now in the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what to pray. For as we should. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will 
of God, according to the will of God. We can't be willy-nilly out here decreeing and declaring stuff, talking about things that are about to manifest in our lives when we haven't sought God for his will. We are out here praying. Like I said, it's not a one-way communication. It's a two-way conversation. We out here praying for stuff, but we haven't sought him for what his will is according to the will of God. Ephesians 6, 18 says, with every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit and with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all the saints. Pray at all times in the spirit. Don't just be out here saying random words. Don't just be out here praying what you want to pray. Pray in the spirit so the spirit can reveal to you what God's will is and how that power can get behind you, what you need to say and what you need to do in order for the power to get behind your prayers so that you can see God's manifestation in your life. Matthew chapter six, verses six and seven says, but as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. See, it, it, it's talking about, again, praying in the spirit. Don't just pray the same thing all the time. Thoughtless, it says, do not use thoughtless repetition. I hear so many people get up and pray and they say the same thing every time that they open their mouth to say a prayer. And that tells me that you're not praying in the spirit. You're not allowing the spirit to reveal to you what needs to be said, what you need to petition God for. You saying the same thing every time you get up or, or kneel down or whatever to pray. I rarely ever say the same thing in a prayer because God is always leading me in what to say when I pray for other people, when I pray for myself, when I pray for my children, when I pray in church or whatever, it's never the same. You know why? Because the spirit is leading me in what to say. Do not use thoughtless repetition. First Peter 4:11 says whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Whoever speaks is to do so as one is speaking the actual words of God. So when you open your mouth to communicate to God, or on behalf of God, you need to be opening your mouth as if it's actually God's words. And the only way that you can do that is if the spirit is leading and guiding you in what to say. Praying in the spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead your prayers too. You know, we always ask the Holy Spirit, oh, give us this word. God, give me what to say. God, God, give me this sermon, God, give me, give me this, this is this lesson, God, give me whatever I need to know. 
but the spirit has to lead you in your prayers too. The same way, like I said, I don't give a message that comes from me ever. If it if I have to think about what I'm going to say to people, I stop because I don't want it to be my thoughts. I want it to be his thoughts. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me. I wait for the Holy Spirit to deliver it to me in the same way is how we should pray. First John chapter five, verses 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything, what? According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. So again, we know that he hears us. And if we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the request that we ask. Why? Because we've asked according to his will. But the only way that you can be sure that you're asking according to his will is to allow his spirit to lead and guide you in your asking, in your prayers. And so I want to break this down a little bit more even. See, he gave us the Lord's Prayer. And it says, this is how you pray. This is why he taught us how to pray. Not to say the same words over and over again. That's not what the purpose of the Lord's Prayer is, for you to pray the same words over and over again. It's a blueprint for prayer. It says, pray then in this way. It doesn't say pray these words. It says, pray then in this way. This is Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13 pray in this way not pray these specific words so let's break this down so if it the verse 9 says pray in this way pray then in this way our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name so first the first thing you got to do in order to pray appropriately is to approach him as your father not as your lord not as your savior, as your father, because the father is the provider. So, so many of us never learn to embrace God as the father, to trust him to provide, to trust him to do for us, to trust him to, to deliver for us. That's what a father does. So you first must approach him as your father and lift up his name. That means you need to approach him as your father and acknowledge his power and who he is. Then verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pause. All right. So we're saying, God, let your kingdom be manifest here on earth. Your kingdom come. God, let me be a representation of your kingdom. Let me see your power manifest here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. You're asking that his will be done. Again, and we see this in other scriptures that I referenced earlier where it says, if you ask according to his will. So he's showing you in the Lord's prayer, ask that his will be done in your life. This is how you pray. On earth, as it is in heaven. 
And I want to reference Matthew chapter 16, verses 19. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So here it is. It says on earth as it is in heaven. There it is. He's giving you a blueprint for how to pray for on earth as it is in heaven, binding and loosing. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So you're praying for his kingdom to become, to come. You're praying for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the next verse, verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. Okay. And this takes me to Matthew chapter four, verses four. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live on bread alone. These are the words of God. And if you pray them, you will live them, meaning they will manifest in your life. See, you shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of God's mouth. That's why it's so important for you to pray in the spirit because the spirit is giving you utterances from the mouth of God. He is the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. So when the spirit feeds you something to say, you are living on every word of God. Why? Because those are the words of God and the words of God must manifest something in the earth. The earth must yield to the words of God. So give us this day our daily bread. He's, you need to be seeking him for daily bread, for daily nourishment, for his words into your life so that you can speak those words and those words can go forth and manifest something for you because they are the words of God. They will manifest in your life because you're praying God's words. You're praying God's will. You're not praying your own words. You're not praying your own will. And then next it says, forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our debtors or whatever version you read. Forgive us our trespasses. Now, this is about the posture of your heart. And he's showing you how to pray. Hey, look, as a part of your prayers, you need to pray for forgiveness. Repent and forgive. Mark eleven twenty two through 26 says, and Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. But then the very next thing says, therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you for your offenses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father who is in heaven forgive your offenses. So forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgiveness is important because your heart has to be postured in the right place in order to be able to speak a thing. Your heart must be, it says, does not doubt in his heart. 
Your heart has to be postured in order to be able to speak a thing and say it's going to be hap- to happen and in order for that thing to be granted to you. And the next part says, lead us not into temptation. See, this goes back to the prayers of the righteous availeth much. See, you will not fall into temptation and your prayers will prevail if you live and you walk in righteousness. Temptation comes from flesh. Temptation comes from a worldly mindset. The enemy can only, I used to say this all the time, if you don't want the enemy to have any any jurisdiction or any territory, any power in your life, don't give him any flesh to grab onto. See, temptation only occurs when there is flesh present. But if you live and you walk in righteousness, you won't have to worry about the temptation and thus your prayers will avail. The next part says, deliver us from evil. And this takes me to Deuteronomy 28, 7. It says, the Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you. Who who rise up against you? To be defeated by you. They will go out against you one way and will flee at your presence seven ways. But the first verse of this passage says, if you obey these commands that I give you. So, Part of this is in order for you to be delivered from evil, you must obey. So you got to pray that God will show you how to walk in obedience, that that you can walk in his will. And James verse uh, James chapter four, verses seven and eight says, submit, therefore, to God, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. So God is showing us, hey, look. This is how you get delivered from evil. So you pray for God to show you how to flee from him and how to resist him. And then Malachi chapter three, verses 10 and 11 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and put me to the test. Now in this, says the Lord of armies, if I do not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor will the vine in the field prove fruitless to you, says the Lord of armies. See, again, this is about how you posture yourself, about your obedience. Are you bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse? And if you've listened to to my previous podcast, I talk about this. The tithe is not just 10% of your money. The whole tithe. There's a reason it says the whole tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. See, you are the tithe. You are the tithe. Your life is the tithe. You have to bring yourself into the storehouse. Yourself, your heart, your mind, your spirit, all that you have. You got to bring that into the storehouse and then he will rebuke the devourer for you. And it doesn't say it in this version, but the King James Version ends with, for thine is the kingdom. (laughs) Thine is the kingdom. Again, we have to remind ourselves and we acknowledge that everything belongs to God. Psalm 24, 1 and 2 says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who live in it, 
for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. See, we got to remember that everything that we see belongs to God, whether it's in the kingdom, of the kingdom or of the world. It all belongs to God. He created it all. He has the power over it all. For thine is the kingdom. God, we acknowledge that all of this belongs to you. Everything I am, all that I have, all that surrounds me belongs to you. Whether it's obeying you or being obedient to you or aligned with your will or not, it still belongs to you, God. I acknowledge that this is your kingdom. And then it says the power. Again, we come back to the power. The power that I referenced in Acts 1, the power that I referenced in Ephesians uh, 3, according to the power that works within us and the glory. Again, it has to be about God getting the glory. Are your prayers about him getting the glory? Are they about you? getting the glory see this is not just about you and what you want it's about the advancement of his kingdom for we are to be witness again like i said in acts uh, chapter one verse eight it talks about verses i think it's verse eight and nine the power showing up so that we may become witness so that he can get the glory so for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. See, we all want the power, but the power won't show up until we ourselves are ready. And let me clarify, we're not just talking about any old power. We, we, we're not talking about superficial power. We're, we're not talking about prideful power. We're not talking about greedy power power. We're not talking about controlling power. We are talking about divine power, the kind that only comes from God, the only one true power. Why? Because for thine is the kingdom, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. That's the only power that matters. The rest of it is fake, phony, false, and superficial power. We all want the power, but the power won't show up until we're ready. There must be a work done in us before the power can do a work for us. We must become a conductor for power. See, and, and I want to define conductor for you. When I think about this, it makes me think about electricity, a material or object that permits an electric current to flow Easily is what a conductor is. You need to be a conductor for God's power. How can the power flow easily through you? Through righteousness, through obedience, through you walking in his will for your life. You will become a conductor for his power. See, power cannot travel through all mediums. See, it made me think of uh, 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 when, when something is grounded in, 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 in respect to electricity. In effect, an electrical ground drains away any unwanted buildup of electrical charge. When a, when a point is connected to a good ground, that point tends to stay at a constant voltage. And the earth, 
The earth, which forms the ultimate ground, has the ability to absorb or dissipate an unlimited amount of electrical charge. And when I think about that, it makes me think about being worldly, being worldly, being being of the world, being 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 a, 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 a vessel for the enemy will absorb or dissipate the power of God. <laughs> See, a, a gra- being grounded as in of the world will dampen the power. It will hinder the amount of power that can work in you and get behind you. See, the more you cling to earthly and worldly things, the enemy is keeping you grounded Meaning you can't be elevated, grounded as in on the ground. You can't be elevated. God can't take you higher. He can't promote you. He can't give you exceedingly abundantly because the power cannot be conducted through you. You become a power dampener. So now ask yourself, am I a conductor or a dampener? Can the power work in me, flow through me? Or am I grounded? See, God wants to send great power through you and to you, but you must be a willing and able vessel. Now you either become that or you miss your surge of power as God is just waiting to throw a lightning bolt your way. You know, my daughter loves the show, The Flash. And for those of you who are not superhero enthusiasts like we are. The Flash was just an ordinary kid (laughs) who got struck by lightning and he gained super speed. One day, his life was completely normal and the next, he was accelerated beyond measure. All because he became a conductor of power. Can you become a conductor of power? When you become a conductor of power, God can accelerate you into exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you could ever ask or think. God will do the same for you, not because you're perfect, but because you're willing and because your heart is postured in the right place. The beautiful thing about all the superheroes is their imperfections. See, they all have these fatal flaws, but but yet they still have great power. There's a famous quote from Spider-Man that says, with great power comes great responsibility. God chooses us to do great things, not because we will be perfect at it, but because we will constantly be in pursuit of his heart. So can he trust you with the power? Can he trust you to be the kingdom hero? Or will you be the selfish villain only out to take power for yourself? Will you use the power for the greater good or for selfish reasons? James chapter four, verses three and four says, You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? 
Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend to the world makes himself an enemy of God. See, your manifestations are about you. God's manifestations are about everyone. So while you out here trying to chase the bag so you can have more in your life, God is looking to give you more, but not just for your life, but to bring it into the storehouse so that it can be shared in the kingdom. It's not just about you. So you can go get the bag and have more material things or have more money or have more superficial power, more superficial influence, more, more, more uh, 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 access or whatever it is. That ain't God. So if you decide that's a worldly perception, that is a worldly perception. If you decide that you're going to be a friend to the world and embrace those worldly perceptions, you are an enemy of God because you can't serve two masters. You can't be straddling the fence. You can't be on both sides. You got to be on one side or the other. It's just like when you go to when you go to war. You can't be like, well, I'm for this country and that country at the same time. Mm -mm. You can't be for Ukraine and Russia at the same time. That's just not how it works. You got to be on one side or the other. Because if you're standing in the middle, at some point you're going to get hit. When he manifests something in your life, it won't just be for or about you. It will be for and about you. And for and about his kingdom. So which side will you stand on? The hero or the villain? The conductor or the grounder? The choice is yours. But make it quickly before you miss the surge. You see, you know, they say lightning never strikes in the same place twice. God wants to send the power your way. But don't miss your window because eventually the perfect storm will move on in another direction. You know, on a, on a, on a, a, one of my posts on Instagram, I went live and I was talking about the storm and how storms in life are not to knock us down, but to cultivate more strength in us. And that if during the storm we can find the eye, that's the place of peace, the eye, that's what God wants you to see in that storm. God is in the eye of the storm. And if you can find him in the storm, you will find peace and understanding and you will find the way out of the storm. Because see, if you find the eye, you can ride the storm out in the eye. You know, they say that's the calmest place in the storm. There's peace in the eye of the storm. That's the whole purpose of the storm is to make you stronger you find your strength in God, find your peace in God, to find him in the midst of the hardship, of the struggle. And that gives you another level of power. It gives you another level of access to his power. Because when you find him in the storm, then he can get behind you with his power. Because you've allowed the storm to allow the power to work within you during the storm. It was a, it was a, perfect circumstance for his power to begin to work within you so that then his power could work around you. A storm can blow something in or blow something out. 
And where you stand in the storm depends on which one you are. Just like the flood worked to the benefit of some and to the detriment of others. Where are you going to stand? Will you be standing in the right position to receive the surge of power? Will you be listening and seeking and connected so that the spirit can show you what to utter so that the power can get behind your prayers? You want to see manifestation? It don't come through you and the law of attraction. It comes through him and his power. But you must be a conductor and not a dampener, a grounder of the power. The choice is all yours. Will you receive your power surge or will you let this perfect storm pass you by? That's the word that God gave me to give to you this week. And I pray that you will sit with it and, 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 and what do I say, marinate on it and allow it to shift your perception and your perspective on how you co-labor with God in your life and how you see his power work in your life so that you can see supernatural manifestation, not natural manifestation, supernatural manifestation in your life. I pray that it will change the way that you speak and you talk and you communicate with God so that you can co-labor with what he is doing in the earth. And not only will his kingdom benefit, but your life will benefit from it. That's my prayer. Realign yourself with God's will and what he's doing in the earth. If you feel led to sow, you may do so at Cash App Dollar Sign War in the Spirit or at Venmo War in the Spirit 12. If you need help or you want additional insight, um, you can reach out to me via email at War in the Spirit 12 at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram at faith underscore coffin green. You can also find additional content there or on uh, YouTube at War in the Spirit Live or on Facebook at Faith Coffin Green. Thanks for tuning in to War in the Spirit. And remember, you are a spiritual warrior. See you next time.